Welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a podcast platform to share interesting conversations from the most successful leaders within the Stockholm tech community. My name is Sophie Gould and I'm your host for today. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast and today I'm joined by a great panel to discuss the topic of diversity. Now, this is a huge topic that I'm passionate about, and I know we've got some really good upcoming ideas and suggestions and topics to cover in this conversation. So I'm going to get straight into the introductions of the panel now, and I'm going to ask each of my panel members who you are, what you do, and also what you're passionate about. So Katia, we'll start with you. Thank you. Uh, so my name is Katja Lotz and I work as an engineering manager at Epidemic Sound. Uh, and I'm really passionate about uh, this topic and especially to make tech a more accessible and more attractive space for a wider group of people. Nice, nice. Definitely relevant. <laughs> and Lena, we'll come to you. Yeah, my name is Lena Hilstam. I'm a director at the Peakwind, where I'm heading engineering and asset integrity. I am very passionate about uh, saving the world with smart technologies such as wind turbines and solar panels and people uh, and developing people. Nice. Nice. I love that. And Daniel. Uh, hello, everyone. Everyone, My name is Daniel and I work as a director of uh, digital workplace and IT operations. And my passion is, uh, as Liene uh, took it from me, it's also about people and organizations and building teams from scratch this is something that I'm really passionate about and, and getting people to solve big problems together uh, with, a, with a combination of skills and personalities in the room. So definitely a topic mm. that I'm very passionate about. Nice, nice. That definitely does link to some of the things we'll talk about today. And then finally, last but not least, Elvira. Mm. Uh, thank you. Uh, my name is Elvira and I work as an engineering manager at Combi. Uh, and uh, besides that, I am a, a facilitator of I Am Remarkable workshops, uh, which helping people to learn how to speak about their achievements. And from my perspective, this activity, which I'm doing in my like private time, uh, my free time, helped me um, to feel my passion of helping people by providing some exercises. Uh, I would like to invite all of you to this workshop. I think it's great. Oh, lovely. No, I think that um, one, it sounds really interesting and it's nice that we've got kind of some shared passions about people, diversity and helping them. So yeah, I think let's just get straight into um, the kind of topics we've all pre-decided to discuss. And coming over to you, Lena, on what do you think diversity is in teams? So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I, I chose this topic because there's a lot of people that says, oh, we're very diverse at our workforce, right? We have so many nationalities. That's that's lovely and all, but that's that's just on one topic you're diverse on, right? Diversity is, is so much more. Uh, and and then we we spoke a little bit about uh, diversity within teams. Um, when I put teams together, I I sometimes um, I I compare it a little a little bit with a pocket knife, right? So if you you go into the forest to cut mushrooms, 
it it doesn't it doesn't really help you a whole lot if you only have a, a cork openers, right? Um, you need in your teams you need different kind of people. They are often a little bit the same. Um, they have the same passion, they have the end, same end goal, but they don't always need to get to the end goal the same way. And they need to be a good supplement to each other, right? Um, and But there are some things, you know, you can't have diversity where you have some that are, <laughs> that are um, they just want to get to the top, right? Uh, you need, there's one thing they cannot be diverse on, and that is um, the goal of helping each other. Um, and and pulling the weight uh, together. Um, I I you know some people are really good at at sitting and analyzing really deep, but they they some they never get to the finish line because right? they bury themselves in analysis. Um, so they sometimes they need a colleague to pull them out right and push on towards the finish line. And also you need I I enjoy having you know different nationalities yes. But I'm not saying that I have a diverse team because they, it's different nationalities. They also need different different cultures, right? Uh, different um, work processes. But but they all have to sort of tunnel in uh, towards the same end goal. That's that's uh, you you really when you when you hire um, and and we should do a lot of that. You sort of you need to. I always try to pick someone who has something we don't have on the team. Um, and that could be someone that's, I'm now I'm going to get technical. That would be someone that's really good with uh, grid connections. It could be someone that's really good with uh, data analysis. Um, it could be someone that's uh, extremely good with uh, electrical engineering. Um, and it's all structural, mechanical. But you sort of, you need to map out and then you start, you know, if you start with a small team, then you sort of have the generalist and then you map out eventually uh, more specialized uh, within the teams. Yeah, I think that's uh, really interesting in terms of uh, adding people who will add something to the mix rather yeah. than thinking about whether they fit in the mix that we have already. So. Uh, I mean, a couple of years back, it was very popular to talk about cultural fit, whereas I think it's way more interesting to talk about cultural add and being yeah. open to adding more things in, uh, whether that's in in the cultural sense or as you spoke about with different uh, skills and technologies. Yeah, I, I always try to hire people that are smarter at me than at something. Mm. Because if I only hired copies of me, it would be horrible, right? <laughs> um, so, so and, and, and actually, sometimes you can see uh, leaders hiring, you know, in their, in their image. At, at, and they all look alike, right? Um, and they all have the same ideas. But I think the... You get good teams with creating a diverse team that have multiple ideas hmm. uh, and and complement each other. Uh, some are strong at something, others are weak at it. Well, that's perfect fit. Fit. Uh, Elena, I'm curious. How do you do the? You know, you you spoke about like bringing someone that adds something new to the mix, and I think that's a, that's a great approach. But how 
how do you know what you're missing? And like, how much do you involve the team in that decision as well? Like, you know, how, how do you not make it be biased on your own opinion about the team? And how do you bring the team to actually make that decision with you? I listen. Um, I, I always listen. I try to listen more than I speak to my team. I, I see when when there is a need for another resource at the in the team. And then, you know, I listen to the complaints. <laughs> or I, I, I listen to when people say, I'm not strong in this. I wish we had someone. I, I, I think the last request I got was, I, I wish we had more electrical people. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then we got, a, I, they, I don't grant old wishes. I'm not a fairy. Um, but, but then we got a, a, a one more electrical, right? So I listen, I, I see the business, I see the business flow. I see the, you know, projects coming up ahead. So I need what I need. I know what roles I need to, to have people fit into. So that, did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah you did, you did, you did. How, how did you question like? The you know the picture that you painted, I think it's something that we've all seen probably in our in any workplace really to to have leaders that sort of hire the same you know copies of them or you know what's gonna be the next them and like it's uh, I think there is something human around it as well. But uh, how what has been your journey on challenging that status quo? Like how do you how do you make diversity in a place where diversity hasn't been tested? If you know what I mean, like if. If, if you go, just in mind, you go to the most traditional company where like super old school thinking and you have all of those leaders that just make copies of them. Like, have you, how do you challenge that status quo? Been there, done that. And sometimes it can't be challenged and you need to walk away. Um, and other times it can. Um, mm. I'm lucky. I'm in a very young company uh, where, where we, have, we have the same mindset. We have the same culture. Um, and and people think like me, right? So where we 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 often break down the hierarchy, um, and and we we don't, you know, um, a lot of consultants lives a tough life, and and it's really nice to see that the bigger companies are, are reading the writing on the wall, because you can't just use people and throw them out. So we. You 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 work hard, you deliver, but we also take care of our, our people. Um, so so yeah, I I think what was your question? Okay. How, how, do we, how do you challenge the old ways of thinking? Yeah, but yeah, I ask questions, you know, um, uh, to people, and and say why why do you do this or why do you think like this or what what makes you get to this conclusion so you know they they vocabulize their thoughts and then i ask but is that the right assumption to make right um, so i try to challenge it and, and we we discuss a lot who we do we need who and we involve i involve other heads of uh, i involve other uh, my colleagues um, in in the, in the thought process on who do we need where are we going we have been very open with our strategy in the company. Um, it is not top down; it's bottom and top. And then yeah. we figure out what what do we do. Cool. We're very open with uh, how our results are. So that's great. And then we learn from our mistakes and we vocabulize our mistakes. Uh, Good stuff. Thank you. Nice questions. <laughs> uh, I, I'm curious. How do you solve the recruitment? Uh, problem. I mean, uh, recruitment is challenging 
nowadays from different perspective, uh, especially if you would like to find someone, I would say special in a good way, uh, someone who will be unique from skills or even from soft skills, which is even more difficult to find. Uh, maybe you have some tricks or tips you can give about recruitment. Oh, we I, we hire a lot from our network, um, uh, and I yeah th that's one part of it. But then uh, we also safeguard our reputation. We also try. We we are aware that we can't just steal from others, right? Um, so we have graduate program. Uh, we take in interns that we pay, um, and then the interns become student workers who hopefully then end up as an employee. So so we, we and then the, you know we have really good people in we call them people and development, not HR, um, and they're very good at at doing the scans. Uh, we are only five years old. So in the beginning, and I've been here for two and a half, so I would do quite a lot on my own to begin with, but now they help us out. So they're very good at um, um, sort of filtering and they're doing, they're, they're extremely good at um, the initial talks, right, um, with the candidate and then the rest of us follow up afterwards. Hmm. We're always two people at the interviews. Um, to see, you know, there's always two ways of looking at things. But it, we we get out there, we're attractive, we have a really good LinkedIn profile with, um, yeah, and we don't overpromise. But would you say this is the DNA of your company? Like, do you think this would be a strategize at a company level? Like you spoke about bottom-up organization. This is our belief. We have a network. Like I think it feels like it's very built in into the DNA, right? Yeah, yeah. But it goes both ways. It's it's not only bottom-up, right? It's it's both way. Everybody participates in 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 creating uh, the strategy. Uh, you mm. could you're you're encouraged to give feedback, right? Uh, and and. Uh, be inclusive and you know um, you're you're encouraged to spread out your knowledge because we we know that we as an in, renewables have an an issue with lack of workforce we, i we don't feel it so much now but we know it's going to get massive mm -hmm. um, so so we have to we i we all got a time stress if we don't make sure the new ones learn quickly so you you're not new after one or two months here in this company, mm. um, then you then you got the next next bulk of people, you know. So we're very we we really try to empower people and you know uh, not be bottlenecks, right? Um, I sometimes when people call me for a question, I have the answer, but I tell them to call someone else because I need to create the connection between them. Mm. Um, Good point. Do, do you follow? Do you follow up and track any diversity? You know, metrics, success stories. Do you talk about it with the within the organization? Yes, we do. Um, we don't. We don't hire. You know, so we haven't had issues, right? Um, and because we're really picky on on who we hire, and we and we we have a lot of people that know a lot in the industry, so we we almost know everyone we hire. Um, mm -hmm. So there's there's few coming from outside, okay. and then 
and then we we vocalize you know that we have culture days where we vocalize uh, um, um, you know what what is our culture what is our dna you know the the inclusive mindset the open the sharing mindset help each other um, behave appropriately um, and and we do have a a group uh, for empowering uh, women uh, more and to sort of get rid of the cultures bias between uh, that that a lot of women often uh, experience at, in their work life but and we cover right we have offices in Taiwan and the US and uh, Spain and now we have in Korea as well and uh, the UK Germany Denmark we have a, I think we have 37 nationalities so so there's a lot of different cultures right and, mm -hmm. yeah that was a far away from diversity <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's quite interesting that you are man you managed to hire so many different nationalities, even though your way of recruiting is based on the concept that you hire someone you know. Because usually, if you hire someone you know from different like networking uh, perspective, it still can be a risk that it will be people who look alike. Because if they are in your network, they are probably from one university or different workplaces. So it's kind of one circle anyway. Yeah, but not really in the wind turbine industry. It, mm. it, it, it's never been like that because it's extremely international. When people, uh, when COVID came and everyone, oh, I've got to work online. I was going, <laughs> I've done that for 15 years. What's new? Um, so, so. I, and I never actually worked a whole lot in my own country. Um, I always lived, so it that's it. That's not, you know. I wouldn't. We can't go out and say, "Oh, we're very diverse because we have many nationalities." Our call, our competitors and owners or our clients are gonna say, "What's new?" Right? That's not new in renewables. So we're not diverse because we have a lot of nationalities. That's that's normal in this industry. What are some fronts where you would like to increase diversity? So nationality is sort of covered, if you will, but like, are there other groups that you feel are missing out on this industry? In our industry? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, because I, I had a question the other day. Is there room enough for everyone on your team? And I said, no, there is not. Mm -hmm. um, there is, I, we, as a consultant, you're often in a high pressure situation, or sometimes you're in a high pressure situation. So I would never um, uh, uh, hire someone that, that had a, a, you know, uh, I don't know what the correct word is, but a, a psychological disability. Because that that would not be nice for them, you know. They would they would I could not shield them from situations where they would be under stress or pressure. Um, so I I, I wouldn't do that. Um, so and there's a lot of people that says, oh, there's room for everyone, and that's a lovely thought. But <laughs> but it's just it doesn't always fit into the roles you end up having, right? Um, then you could have uh, uh, such a person maybe in a shielded back office function but I, I don't have any of those right you know if it's someone that 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 has uh, has been exposed a lot of people that has been exposed to extreme stress 
are very vulnerable uh, in their life after they are actually injured, you could say, and and to not to not harm them again, you know, they you would need a back office uh, function where where you don't where you can control the environment around the person, and I can't control the environment around my team, not always. I can do my best, but I I will not. I can't, you know. Them, it's my responsibility, so I can't, uh, you know, put <laughs> my hand on my heart and vouch that it's not going to happen because it could, and I would never let anyone be in that situation. Yeah, I think I'm, I'll jump in. I think that's a really, really interesting thought because I mean, when often when I do diversity podcasts, it's kind of like, yeah, everybody wants to increase diversity. You don't often get people being like, well, no, I've not got, I've not got enough room. But when you say it the way you explain it, of course it makes sense. Of course it does. Um, I thought there was some really good kind of topics that you touched on within your overall topic there um, and some really tough and challenging questions, which was nice. <laughs> Am I off the hook now? No, good start. Yeah, yeah, of course. For instance, you, you can't. You can also there are some there's some people that are brilliant at, at, at being a professor or a teacher, right? But they would be horrible consultants, right? mm. and they would you, they would be miserable in in such a position. And they you know if they if they by mistake end up in my team, we need to find another solution because they you can't you ruin a person if they're miserable going to work, and it rubs off on everyone else. So then you need you need to find the best solution for that person to put them in if if that's the right fit figure it out with the person and then put them in um, in the right position at at peak when we we move people around a lot because we would rather have them not all miserable on our teams I would say that but if they if they want to do something else we'd rather that they do it within the company than they go to somewhere outside mm. right yeah. So there's a lot of movement. Yeah. So I think, you know, we should think about that. It's not failure when people doesn't fit in or they develop and no longer fit in. Um, it's actually quite good. I think it comes back as well to the, the passion of helping people. Um, yeah. Definitely shows the, the kind of roots. But no, I think great topics that we covered there, some really thought provoking ideas. Um, and then kind of moving on but still within the same realm I'd say is your topic Katia of how to build inclusive teams and environments in tech so yeah tell us more your thoughts on this one yes thank you so uh, I wanted to bring this topic because I think we all tend to talk a lot about how to like how inclusive our culture is or how much we uh, value diversity uh, but it's uh, it can be quite hard to actually do this in practice. And what I wanted to share with you all was um, a framework that I learned from uh, a friend of mine, a fantastic uh, leader within the tech industry. Her name is Mary Williams. Uh, she's a CTO, a technology advisor, has had many roles. And she taught me this framework a couple of years back. And I think it's very, very powerful in as a way to sort of make uh, inclusion more um, tangible. And what she says is that there are typically three questions that people ask themselves uh, when uh, at work or in, in a group. 
and but if we take the work context um, and the first one uh, is am I expected here so basically is this place um, do I belong to a group that is expected uh, in this place in this company uh, or am I the first one that people have to adapt to uh, and the second question that people ask uh, is, am I respected here? So basically, what's the culture like? What are the expectations on me, on others? What is accepted, like in terms of what jokes are fine? And when does someone intervene? And the last question is, uh, there are like two versions of this, but uh, one of them is, can someone like me, like me be successful here? which has a lot of, uh, to do with representation and sometimes uh, also like what you see. So what does the leadership team look like? Who gets promoted? Who has uh, a certain type of role uh, and so on. So, uh, and the other version of this question is, can I be myself and be successful here? So, which has, they're like, they're a bit different. And the latter one is more, uh, more connected to like how much space is there for differences like can i can i be who i am and can i uh, or do i have to limit myself and add like a lot of uh, stress to my life uh, at this workplace so i think using these three questions uh, has been really uh, powerful for me um, and of course it makes most sense if you uh, are able to listen to people who have the lived experience but if that's not an option for some for some reason then it can also be quite useful to just use your own imagination so for example what if i'm in in a wheelchair and i come to work at this place can i move around uh, is it easy for me to uh, like, do I have access to all the places or do I have to go some special route every time I want to move between floors, for example. Uh, so that was just like a framework that I wanted to share. And I'm interested in hearing both your thoughts around that. And also if you've had any uh, experience that you want to share with with all of us on like how to build inclusive teams. Those yeah. were really good. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Uh, I would say it's a quite difficult question to answer, especially like to answer straight ahead. Uh, but from my uh, perspective uh, and from my experience, what I all the time trying to do, if I see a CV. Uh, with a person whose profile may be not 100% uh, ideal for us, mm. but it is type of some type of inclusiveness. I all the time giving an extra chance to this person to invite to the first interview to actually see how how we can communicate. Uh, it is actually um, a chance to find a star sometimes because not all, all of the people are very good with creating a good CV. Some of them very bad with CVs, but good with work. 
um, yeah, from from my perspective, it's the way I proceed to be extra care careful when I have like 200 CVs still uh, to have an eye to different profiles. Yeah, uh, I think that's it's very important to uh, to be aware of your own default. Like, what are you expecting? And then question that. Is that is that really important? Uh, and to connect back to what you said, Lena, in the beginning, like people have different ways of getting to the end goal. And we we also need to be aware of how we value those different ways. And sometimes we add like a layer um, of value upon those different ways that is not necessary. They are just different. It's not necessarily one is better than the other. But sometimes we're expecting a certain way. And that's that can be quite dangerous because we're yeah. excluding a lot of people who does it a bit differently. Mm. Yeah, you, you, I really liked all the, all your questions because I I think a lot of people don't ask themselves these questions, but they feel them. Yeah. Mm. So they they don't actually vocalize them. Um, but 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 that you need to be able to answer yes to all of them before you feel like you fit in in a work environment right exactly yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah I, I i i found them super interesting i also agree with elvira and i, I grabbed something from the conversation here which is also a responsibility on managers to yeah. dare to take risks as well on you know hiring is very hard and uh, you know daring to actually take a risk of bringing someone in that you know you have you know you have proofs that that's probably gonna work but you're not 100% sure. Because I think mm. if you are 100% sure, it's probably because you're hiring someone very much like you or some other people in your workforce. Uh, so I think there is a responsibility for, for us there to to dare to, to make a mistake, to to dare to you know give this, these people an opportunity and be surprised about that. Because I think that's also what, what happens is that you, know, you go into the default setting, uh, that's not perfection. So then I keep looking and looking and looking and I mean, it gets late and then you eventually find someone, but it, you, know, you, you remove so much talent along the way. And I think it's, a, it's, a, it's something we should consider, consider and think about. Uh, and then I picked on Katya on, on representation is crucial for me. And uh, mm. that it's so clear if, if in your organization, you can't see yourself reflected with any sort of leader, if uh, you don't match with anyone's beliefs, like you will feel totally alone. So I think that's, mm. that's also very important from the diversity angle to, to think about, you know, I think it's important to sit down and really think about like, what culture do you want to create? Like, I think mm. companies should go into, you know, deep levels of uh, culture, uh, belonging conversations like really what is that that you want to believe and and you want to create because because uh, that really I mean it defines your future really uh, so I, I really I really get that point as well on you know making sure that that representation is there yeah and I I've also experienced that it's sometimes very hard to spot the exclusion when you yourself is part of the in-group mm -hmm. so you don't really see it but for people who are not part of the in-group it's very clear so I had one of those examples uh, from a Swedish or like Swedish based company uh, and um, a colleague of mine who wasn't Swedish said to me, like, have you thought about how everyone in the leadership team 
almost everyone are Swedish and speak Swedish. And I'm like, huh, good point. And I hadn't really thought about it because I'm also yeah, Swedish. I speak English, Swedish. Yeah. So it's, but it's, and, and there are so many aspects of this. Um, and hence, again, like the, the importance of listening to others and, um, and not take things for granted just because it's a, it's not a problem to me. That doesn't mean it's not a problem. It just means I have privilege. Yeah, I think that's a couple of things similar. I was kind of taking notes. Um, the actual framework that you mentioned, as you were saying, it really, really is powerful. It's kind of whenever and coming into your second point is like, when do you think you've gone for a role or you've gone for a job and you've asked yourself these questions? And likewise, is that just because you are privileged? Is it because you're going in as someone who isn't underrepresented? Things like that. Um, I thought it was really, really good. Some really quite deep things there as well. Um, but yeah, Elvira, this kind of moves on to your topic of um, the whole woman in tech, female engineers, and how to empower female engineers to be a leader. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit more about that on a, a deeper, deep dive. Mm, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm really passionate about this uh, topic from the perspective uh, that I have experience to become a leader in, like, to, to become an engineering manager and also to be an immigrant and become in the, in the country, uh, starting my career from scratch, basically, with zero connections in, in the country. Uh, it was very interesting experience and it, it taught me a lot and I, I became stronger. I believe. Um, and uh, after my path, I, I decided that I need to help others and maybe to help them to prevent some mistakes I did. Uh, and I started to think how we can help female engineers to become a leader and also what, what problems they have. And uh, of course, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts. But from my perspective uh, and what was helpful to me to see a role model in, in the company or in the network, uh, to see someone like me, like myself, who, who actually became one I would like to be. And maybe to have opportunity to ask a question, to have a contact, like to have a mentor, it is an ideal, but it's not possible sometimes. And sometimes you don't even think about that when you're in the engineering role. You don't think it's possible to find someone who will be a mentor for you. Um, and as a, an, as a manager, uh, I would like to provide support to the female engineers who would like to be a leader but maybe don't dare to speak about it out loud or even um, to help them to understand what they would like to do that by listening carefully uh, and uh, listening what they really want to do, uh, what their wishes in their future careers, where they would like to grow, uh, helping them to to build their own path and uh, by gently coaching, by gently coaching. Um, this is the, appro the approach I see. Uh, 
uh, maybe you have better tips and uh, better advices. But uh, I know that currently in Scandinavia we have one of the best mar market if we are talking about of representation of female leaders. Uh, and uh, it is more and more every year female leaders uh, we, from the statistic we have. Uh, but I think we, we can be even more successful. Um, and we, we, can, we can say that sky is the limit in this perspective. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. I, yeah, I, yeah uh, I don't have anything to say. Uh, I, will, I will be happy to hear your ideas. I can tell you that's not the case in Denmark. The statistics are going down on women in leadership roles. So that's not impressive. But um, we all think, well, not all, but uh, it's a little bit illegal to speak about uh, equal rights in Denmark, contrary to Sweden. We're quite different on that, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah. But I think what, what we've, uh, at Peakwind, what we've done is we, uh, and, and yes, that I, I am, yes, one of the forces on that, um, because I never had this as a young engineer, female engineer. Uh, a group of people that, that support you. Um, so we've created a, a group where we, we look at how to empower uh, the women in the company. Because in, in, for women are often brought up, and it is, this goes back, way back to your childhood, we're brought up to certain roles. And, and, and that needs to be retaught. Because women hasn't actually for hundreds of years been active in the workforce like men has. And we don't, I, I didn't have any role models when I was young, right? So, so we need to reinvent how, uh, how does women work in, in, um, uh, in business um, as engineers or, or whatever role we have, because we should not copy the men. We should be different and we should uh, embrace our differences. So women that are copying men are the other way around, that, that, that doesn't always work out. We should take, you know, and, and sort of re-look at how, what are the expectations to the women? And, and something I often say is, be nice to everyone, but it is not your obligation to make sure that everyone in the room is feeling good and lovely. And, and a lot of women are brought up with, with thinking that's the way they support, you, you have to take care of everyone, right? Make sure they are all good. You know, don't don't bring this up. You know, don't make a fuss of this, and and that needs to stop. Um, we should act on the same term as as everyone else. Now, uh, we we've been a little bit uh, uh, going against our own rules and actually not been inclusive <laughs> at the company, and I have been criticised by the men and saying, Lena, we want to know what we're doing wrong, um, and and that that's fair enough. Um, but but we need a room because we're such a diverse group of women, like from Taiwan to Denmark, US, uh, yeah, Portugal, whatever country where you have that woman here. And and so we need to sort of there needs to be a room because we have different issues, right? Uh, the people we have, uh, the women we have in Taiwan have one uh, culture to act in, and the people in in the UK have another. So, so, but, but it, it's, first of all, we need to make sure that women doesn't believe, you know, 
they should fit in. And this is not a group where we wind and, and disrespect the men. This is a group where we share tools and experience. What do you do when everybody in the room thinks you're the secretary and you're the director? How do you end up uh, not getting into this situation? Are there anything you can do before, before you end up in this situation? Um, how do you, you know, say no? How do you set your boundaries? How do you claim your, the room? And all of these back to basic. It's not a winding group. We're privileged. We're happy. We're having fun. But this is a group where you get tools to to be able to to function better. Right? And I don't think it's a re-education of women because women are perfect as we are. It's how do we uh, deal with a reality where the rules are just different for us and how do we break them down? That's how we do. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, from my perspective, it's an amazing comment, especially saying that we shouldn't copy male leaders. Uh, it is a wrong path. Uh, yeah, and I totally agree. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely an interesting um, interesting idea. I like what you said about um, be nice to everyone, but it's not your responsibility to make sure everyone's having a good time. I can't. I think that hit me. Maybe I do that because I felt that. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Some good topics to come out of there. Some good thoughts as well. And you touched on. Um, kind of where you said there, Lenny, of what do you do when people think you're the secretary, but you're the director? Kind of a nice segue into your topic, Danny, of, of actually being a director when you're young. Um, tell us more about your experiences on this one, because I think this will be quite interesting. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to, to actually talk about diversity as well, and uh, I think this was a great forum to do so, and uh, go a little bit farther from the, you know, when, when we talk about diversity, we usually think about gender or nationality. And it's, uh, you know, pretty pretty common to go into a company where, like, we're so proud of, of ourselves. We have, you know, 20 nationalities, we're 50 people, 20 nationalities, how amazing we are. And then you go into the room uh, and then maybe you face like, okay, yeah, we are indeed 20 nationalities, but then, you know, you look at the at the management team and you know everyone is uh, 45 or above 45 and uh, they all have you know two kids and they live this uh, brilliant life and living in nice villas and houses uh, and that's when you know the sort of the the inner issues hit and that's when you see yourself not reflected in in your leadership and that's when you see you know that that lack of representation that we were talking about before and and feeling like okay if if this really is the, the leadership in, in, in these organizations, how will I ever make it? Like, do I need to be 45 to be able to opt in for those kind of roles? Uh, how, how do you actually measure experience? So it's, experience is something that should be fully respected, right? Comes, comes with the years, but not always. Uh, technology has evolved during these last 10 years massively as well. So, you know, how, how do we, how can we measure that and how do we translate experience into roles and, and how how do we make sure that you know those people that are 28 are fully talented like that we don't just disregard them because they are they happen to not be 40 yet uh, how you know it's it's sort of that belief that i have like how can we really normalize that there will be very young leaders in in our organizations and i mean more so we have a lot of examples of ceos vds like all kind of roles that are you know pretty young and like are you know creating amazing companies fixing amazing problems for the world uh, so i just wanted to put it out there and see like you know 
what ideas do you have? I know like gender diversity, Elvira, your example was amazing to like how to bridge that actually, you know, taking an action. But uh, this, I think this bias is a little bit more, more hidden. It's a bit more hard to, to, to tackle, right? And it's more normal to, to respect the people that have more experience than you because they have been working more years than you. So what's um, what's your thoughts? I'm a, I'm a bit like yeah I'm not sure what I was more curious on, on hearing from you what you feel and like if this resonates with you as well. Yeah, uh, for me it definitely resonates, and I'm I'm thinking in terms of this like what is our default expectation of someone in a certain role or a certain level, and um, and when people don't. Uh, follow that norm then uh, we're like we get into this sort of state of uncertainty or um, surprise and and I don't know if I have an answer but it's more like how do we widen this norm how do we how do we get to a place where you um, where we like either just value experience differently or where we we don't you don't have to be above this age to even like be in question for a certain role. Mm. Exactly. I think uh, one of the feelings that you have as a as a young director also, you need to prove yourself much more than mm. someone that just happens to be older than you. You know, like it's uh, that respect comes with the years as well. And and you know how how do we how do we bridge that? Like I, I'm um, I think it's um, it's it's where I'm stuck a bit. Mm. But I think we all need to, young or, or not young director, needs to earn our stripes and prove them. And I, I, th I think it's a false expectation that just because you got gray hair means you're a good leader. That, that's not, you can't, there's no equal between these two, right? So, so maybe it, it, for me, you need to earn your stripes and, and, and you need to be humble as a leader, right? And listen, but but I have to earn my stripes every day. Yeah, but I think the the problem is maybe that the the older people, um, or like older people, but people who sort of, people who fall into the norm, uh, yeah, uh, they don't have to to do that in the same way. Whereas if you fall outside of the norm, whether it's age, gender, nationality, mm -hmm. um, color of your skin, neuro, uh, like whether you're neurotypical or not, like there are so many ways that we, uh, and if you fall outside of the norm, then you have to prove yourself uh, even harder. Yes. yes, yeah. Which is something that I expect all of us have, have experienced. Yeah. I in think one we're way in the same boat, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I cannot explain how many times I've had people explaining very simple technical skill things to me. And I halfway had a fit because it was junior level, and I'm like, seriously, come on. Uh, but I think it's just uh, so. How I'm thinking, how do you, well? How do you do it? How do you think you 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 earn your stripes so you get the respect? What what what's your uh, solution now that you are in that this situation? What do you do? Well, that's a great question. Uh, put me, uh, putting me on, on the spot a bit, but uh, yeah, you I mean, did that before, so I'm <laughs> retaliating now. I mean, I, I myself try to stay genuine, but um, you know, I, I think it's pretty hard. Like uh, you, you said, like you, you need to prove that that you're sort of valid, right? And and that takes a while because mm. you know, you're 
like the, the just comparing same you know director positions both start the same day one is 40 the other one is 25 like there is immediately bias that is going to happen there and uh, you know it doesn't matter what you did before it's already you know it's just the age there and, mm. and i think the one that is 25 that's what Cathy was mentioning is you're not going to have to like it, it it's it's just going to be different and you are already in a weak spot when you start from the scratch from the beginning on that comparison yeah. It's proving it, and I mean, also having organizations that really believe that that there is a need for for young direction, the direction, yeah, direction, and new ideas, and new ways of working, new ways of thinking. But uh, but it's still very hard, and and I think it's uh, it's not something that I've seen like working hundred percent. I think it's work in progress, but I think it's it's really a bias that I think should be should be looked at, and it happens the other way around, right? So when you bring, uh, you know, I, I work a lot in IT support, for example, and uh, having maybe a colleague that is uh, 60 providing IT support, that's also not something you often see. So I think it, it's mm-hmm. also like we need to, to think twice. I mean, it's, it's the other way around. It happens too. And I think those are the things I think that I would like us to to you know, become selective on the onboarding process, or on the on the interview process, for example, looking with another pair of eyes, uh, like um, change the way you recruit, bringing people in that are different than you to to sort of select profiles. I think it's um, I mean it's it's a bit related to the other sort of biases and, and diversity issues, but um, it's a tough question. I can tell you, I interviewed two uh, people this week. One was in not for the same role. One was in his sixties. And the other one, she was in her twenties. Um, and I think, and and that's the spread. You know, we have. I think it, you need to change. The world needs to change. Uh, I I don't think you could do a quick fix on 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 what you experience, right? It's the world that needs to change, and and you have to help them. Um. So, but I also think there's actually some advantages with being young, right? Yeah. Um, and and in spec, in spec, especially uh, technological. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in technology, right? So, so being a young director can't just be in a disadvantage, I would say. Mm, yeah. I agree. So maybe that's the ones you need to focus on. Good point. Uh, um, yeah. But I can I can tell you a couple of uh, disadvantages with being late forties. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, another thing that makes it a bit harder whenever you're like not representing the norm is that whatever you do, you will not only represent yourself, you will also represent the group you come from or like the group you belong to. So everything that you do as a young director, whether it's good or bad, and especially like if you make a mistake, people will be like, oh yeah, that's what happened when you bring Mm -hmm. in these young people. Uh, So I think that's also um, like living with that added stress uh, that also makes it very hard when you're in a role where you don't fit like the expected default. Totally. Yeah, I definitely see that. And Elvira, did you want to touch on anything on this topic? Uh, yeah, uh, it is a very interesting topic to think about. And from my perspective, uh, what can help it is transparency in the team who have that, un- I would say, unstable team. It should be an open conversation because in this situation, it can be very high pressure to a person who is outside of the group. But at the same time, people who are more 
look like to each other from different perspective, I would say, they cannot feel the pressure because they are not there. They, they can think everything is okay, like business is normal, we're like speaking about random things. Uh, I, I can relate to that example because once I've been in a team uh, where everyone else was about like 45 male engineers and I was 28 female immigrant not speaking Swedish. Uh, uh, during lunches, uh, it was discussions how to build sauna <laughs> on your like in your countryside. It was so far away from the topics I can't speak about. I have no idea how to build build sauna by your own hands. <laughs> um, it was very difficult. It was depressing, uh, but I think no one else was aware about that because those topics they are so like basic uh, so uh, yeah I, I think in my in from the from the experience i have uh, it should be okay to say uh, to the team you are in uh, i have some problems right now maybe you can support me because i feel mm -hmm. something or I feel I need help. Can you please help me? It's okay to ask for help. Yeah, that's a good point. Stereotyping and like uh, getting the elephant in the room and talking about about it. I think it's a pretty good norm, pretty good uh, thing to do. Good, good advice. Thank you. Yeah, that was a really good point. Um, and I appreciate we're kind of just over the the hour mark. Has anybody got anything else to add, kind of on on any of the topics? Really, any final comments? Now, well, thank you all. Um, definitely just want to take this opportunity to, I mean, one, say how good it was to have such bold questions from each other, kind of really dug deeper into each of everybody's topics. Um, obviously, thank you, Katia, Lena, Elvira and Daniel for joining me on this podcast and I hope everybody listening enjoys it.